Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All, that wonderful show every week where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. That's right, I said it's wonderful, and since you're here, you must know that. Unless it's their first episode. Unless it's their first episode, in which case, welcome. I'm Anna, and this... Is Nancy. And we are your hosts for this very wild ride through season four. Well, all of MHA, really, but right now it's season four. Yes. Today we'll be talking about season four, episode four, Fighting Fate. Fighting. They do a lot about that on this show. Lots of fighting. Lots of fighting. That's true. It's a shonen. Fighting show. That's what what they do. What do you remember about this episode? Well, as was kind of teed up at the end of episode three, this is where we have our first encounter between Shisaki and our good heroes and the fallout as a result of that. This is also the episode, if I remember correctly, where... Deku needs to be explained to the thing we as the audience have figured out all along Mm -hmm. about All Might, which we will talk a little more about, I'm sure, after the episode. But Mm -hmm. I am pretty sure this this is it. That's why it's called Fighting Fate. Yeah, and I do know that after this, it gets to a lot of action stuff, and there's not really as much time for that anymore. Yep. So we weren't kidding last time when we said once, once they fire the starting gun. Go, go, go. It's go, go, go to the end of this arc. You'll be like... They're done. Mm-hmm. They're finished. Do you want to jump right in? Yeah, might Let, as well. Let's jump right in. Let's we'll see, go do it. We'll see you soon. All right, and we're back. And we actually pick up a little earlier than the post credit scene from last time. Yeah, we see basically Deku and... Mirio, uh, walking down the street on patrol, just keeping an eye out for things. And Deku is actually recognized um, by someone for his role in the sports festival. He's very nervous. Yeah, he's very nervous about it all. Um, I think that kind of drives home the fact that superheroes are very much celebrities in this culture, even superheroes in training. Mirio is talking to Deku and trying to calm him down, calm his nerves down and stuff like that. He lets him know that, hey... We're just on patrol. We're not actually following the bad guy today. We're just keeping an eye out for things. So you can you chill. You can chill. Yeah, it's it's a really great scene. You know, upperclassman Mirio is like, it'll all be fine. Don't mm-hmm. worry too much. He's being silly. His mm-hmm. normal silly self. And then he goes, oh, I don't know your hero name and you don't know mine. We should probably establish that because while we're in the field, we're heroes and we go by our code names. Yes. So they introduce themselves. Deku's like, I'm Deku. And as per usual... Mario's like, are, wait, are, are you, you sure throwing? about that? Because as we learned previously, it can mean useless. <laughs> that is, you know, not the biggest compliment. But Dick was like, yeah, oh yeah, that's my name now. I do think it is eventually it's going to change. Like, I wouldn't be surprised eventually he picks up a more heroic name when he... He fully levels up. I feel like he's always going to be Deku. That's a bet you and he'll, I are going to take here. He's Well, he'll always be Deku to me. But then Mirio introduces himself as... Lamillion, and it's something about how he's going to save a million lives or something like that, which yep. is quite an ambitious goal. He doesn't need to save everyone, but he's going to save a million people. Which I think says a lot about him, actually. Um, like he's also something that has like lofty goals. Lofty goals, but not unattainable. Yes, yeah, not completely unrealistic. And then we catch up with the post credit scene. Yeah, so there's a little girl, as you remember, that runs down an alley and crashes right into Deku. And we didn't talk about her character design too much last time. She's got a little horn. But she's like an elementary school student and she has 
She's wearing like a nightgown of some sort. She's covered in bandages and she has a horn on her forehead uh, off to the side, kind of like a unicorn. Yep. This scene is actually really tense. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a really well done scene because, you know, at first, you know, Aerie crashes into them and Dick was like, oh, yeah. Hey, sorry. It's there, there, little kid. What's up? And then he realizes immediately something is wrong. Yeah, she's scared. She's covered in bandages. And who walks out of the alley but Overhaul? Yes. And here comes Overhaul. Chisaki in his mask that marks him as this member of the Yakuza. Mirio recognizes it right away. He's like, you guys are legends around here. He's yeah. like playing it real chill. Yeah, like he's pretty laid back about it. He's Because his goal, as you can immediately tell, is to not tip off Chisaki and let him know that they're onto him. There's this really great portion at the beginning of this scene where Deku clearly is like putting things together in his head mm-hmm. and he's somewhat panicked because yeah. this is not what he expected. He's got yeah. this little girl who's in trouble or seems to be in a bad situation and the look on his face is giving him away. Oh yeah, and well, he's a very expressive character. So Mario pulls his mask over his head and says something like, your mask came off again. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it's a size too big. He's trying to, like, subtly remind Deku, keep cool. School your features. (laughs) Yep. You're like, you need to keep cool. We're not supposed to tip this guy off. He does a lot of talking. And Overhaul is trying to get some information here, too, where he's like, I haven't seen you around. Like, are you new? Mm -hmm. What agency do you work for? And Mario's like, I cannot tell him what agency we work for. Oh, yeah, he sidesteps it pretty well. He says, oh, no, no, we're just students. You know, we're not part of any agency or stuff like that. We're just, you know, doing our internships and stuff like that. Yeah, he plays it real cool. Like, this this scene is great for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons why it's great is it shows you that Mario is like a pro. Yeah, he has, has experience. He knows how to act in situations like this. He doesn't get nervous or anything like that. But at the same time, it's not... He's still taking it seriously. Yep. um, Which says a lot. But it also shows how both of them are approaching the situation differently. Because, you know, they get to a point where Shisaki's like, okay, you know, to his daughter, Eri, we learn her name is, time to go. And she refuses to leave. She grabs onto Deku as if she needs help. And Deku is surprised at first. And he's like, you know. He starts asking questions. He starts asking questions like, you know, your daughter seems really nervous. And Mirio is like, we can't do this. We need to let them go. If we make him over suspicious, he's going to be harder to catch later. But in Deku's mind, he's like, there is a scared child grabbing onto me that clearly wants to be rescued. I can't leave her. Yeah, and it's not just that. Like, they both want to do their part to not break cover, but how they view that is different. Mirio is like, hey, we can't tip him off. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to behave as, as normal and just move on. Even though this sucks, Deku's like, a hero wouldn't leave a girl in this condition. Like that in itself would be suspicious. It's not just because it's the right thing to do. It's because that would tip him off and make it harder to find him in the future. So he refuses to leave Eri. He asks him point, like, what have you been doing to this girl? Yeah, he's like, she's covered in bandages. That's a lot, (laughs) basically. Like, what is going on? And we have this moment where Overhaul is like, so sorry she's such a troublesome kid. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been really acting out, but it's really kind of embarrassing to talk about. Let's step into this dark alley. Yeah, very much, you know, the big bad wolf sort of tempting them down a dark alley, which I don't think is smart. Don't follow him down the dark alley. But I guess it's because, they're again, they're trying not to tip him off. But, you know, Deku picks up the girl and they start to walk down the alley. And... You definitely feel like something bad is going to happen. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of tension here. 
Emilio's still playing it cool, and he's mm-hmm. like, parenting must be tough. Da 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 da. And Jackie's like, oh my god, abuse. Like, oh my god. He, he's, Omg. Yeah, he's thinking he's an abusive parent, which you know, he, he, he <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. But this situation is really bad because as the audience. We know what Overhaul is capable of. Because we just saw him with the League of um, the League of Villains. Deku and, and Lemillion don't know that. They don't know what his quirk is. Yeah, they just know that he's potentially very dangerous. We see him start to take off his glove. Mm-hmm. Like, so, as viewers, we're prepared for him to murder them in cold blood in this yeah. alley. Which would not be good. But he shoots Aerie this deathly look mm-hmm. that's like, if you don't fucking come with me, I'm going to kill these people. Mm-hmm. And she gets the message. Yeah. And she, you know, jumps down and she runs after him and, like, everything is okay. Deku's like, what the fuck just happened? Clearly something is off here. But ultimately they end up leaving. Yeah, Mirio's like, we're not going after them. Mm-hmm. Did you see that killing intent that he just showed? That's that's a bad situation. We need to go ask for advice. Yes. We need to go talk to Sir. Yeah, there's a quick scene we have here with Night Eye and Bubble Girl, his sidekick. And they are watching, basically chisaki's house where they all meet and they make a comment about oh it's so big and i had to laugh knowing what's coming later on and how suspiciously large this house ends up being (laughs) at least certain levels of it and because anyways we'll get to that in a later episode but it must be ginormous is what i'm saying based on what we see later on bubble girl gets a call from mirio yep and she's like, looks like they ran into Chisaki while they were out. So we actually transition out of this scene and back to Overhaul for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like he's taking Aerie back to their base. And his underling is like, I'm so sorry. I looked away for a minute and Overhaul murders the and- shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and like not even asking for an explanation or stuff like that. Like the message he wants to send is clear. You disobey me. You get your blood stain on the wall, basically. Yeah. They've done a really good job over the last couple episodes of really clearly establishing Overhaul's behavior Mm -hmm. and like what you can expect from him and what his tolerance for insubordination is. Practically zero. Practically zero. But he tells his underling to clean up that mess and make sure that Ari gets where she needs to go and to draw him a bath because Mm -hmm. he's super sensitive to germs Mm -hmm. and he's like gross. Yeah, there's even a conversation early in the episode where he mentions, you know, he wears The the mask to keep him away from filth. So, yeah, that's pretty intense. And then we transition right back to Night Eye and team. Yes, um, everyone meets up together, and this is when Night Eye fills them all in on the story about the truck um, sort of robbery explosion thing. From the middle of the season. Yes. Those robbers who took the whole cash drawer. Uh, Yeah, if you remember that from a few episodes ago. And the fallout of that. Yeah, he points out that all the money was burned or taken. Mm -hmm. But they found the robbers in pristine condition, but they didn't have a mark on them. And previous injuries had been healed. I can't even mention like their cavities were better or something like that. Yeah. Which is insane. I would love to have my cavities healed. And in return, Deku fills them in on Eri. Yep. And they have this little conversation where they're like, we didn't want to tip him off but like she was in a bad condition and i wish we had had a way to save him mm-hmm. or her sorry mm-hmm. save her and night eye is like hey deku don't be so arrogant mm-hmm. like you can't just save everyone all the time like this stuff takes planning and preparation because 
we there's a lot of unknowns. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what this dude's quirk is, but we know that these robbers felt intense pain and then passed out and were fine. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty sure that he was involved with that. Like, we don't know who this girl really is or, like, what her powers are. Like, there's too many unknowns and our job is to work together to to figure it out so we don't lose people. Um, He points out also that they have a bunch of other agencies who are going to be coming in to help them out. Yeah, and it's an interesting scene because I totally get where Deku is coming from. And I almost feel like Dai's caution makes sense. And it reminds me a lot of like when you watch a cop show and they will let certain more minor offenses sort of slip by because their eyes are on like the big fish. Like their eyes are on taking out the entire drug smuggling operation or whatever it happens to be. But I definitely feel like, you know, we're talking about a child in danger. So it makes sense that they would need to escalate things. Yeah, and I think that Night Eye is also considering that the people who ran into Overhaul were two students. Like, he's responsible mm-hmm. for their lives, too. Yes. Lots of children in danger. Not a, a great scene for Deku. He feels very chastised mm-hmm. in the moment, and he's still thinking about One for All and Mirio and All Might and what Night Eye said, and mm-hmm. he goes back to school with a heavy heart and too much on his head. And before we get to him in school, there's actually a very brief scene where we have. Chisaki taking Eri to this weird kind of like torture chair. We don't see too much of it. It's very shadowy. But they're interrupted before we could find out what's going on here because we hear that Shigaraki is on the phone, basically. Yep. Shigaraki's on the phone. He's got Overhaul's answer. Mm -hmm. And then we come back from the commercial break and we're in the classroom and there's some nice little brief humorous moments before we get back into like all the tension where we see Todoroki and Bakugo are back from all their training so they can get their licenses and they are much beat up. (laughs) Yeah, they're much beat up. Uh, There's a note that Karishima, Sue, and Ochako are not around because they've managed to find work studies and they have excused absences. Mm -hmm. Bakugo is very frustrated that he doesn't get to go do a work study even though he hated his internship. Yeah. Like, you you could tell that he feels that all these other students are progressing beyond him. And it is really, really getting under his skin. Even, like, Mineta. <laughs> like, you see a scene where he's talking, a moment where he's talking to Deku, being like, hey, are you, you know, seeing any hot ladies or something? Oh, my something God. Like Fucking Mineta. Fucking Mineta. One track mine. And Baku goes basically like, shut up. <laughs> I, what we all wish we could say to Mineta. Deku... Is distracted. Yeah. Um, like, he's clearly not really present here. And it continues to go that way all day. Like, he does a terrible job in school because he's worried about Eri. And he's worried about what he's learned about Mirio and how he was almost All Might's successor and stuff like that. And all of this sort of missing information he has. And he decides, you know, after school that he wants to, to deal with it. So he goes to see All Might in the teacher's lounge, and apparently he's out for a jog. He's out for a jog. He's trying to get fit now that he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, which really makes me feel like I need to step it up a bit, to be perfectly honest. Because uh, I don't do any jogging, jogging, and I don't have a hole in my stomach. So thanks, All Might, for making me feel that way. There's a great scene where All Might is running, mm-hmm. and Deku comes one for all, charging in behind him, yelling his name, and he's like... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I must admit, this is, like, my favorite scene of maybe the entire season. Like, this following scene, which is very long, but it gets 
deeply into all those good emotional feels that I love so much. Yeah, this is a really great scene. Deku is basically shouting. Yeah. And he's like, why did you keep this stuff a secret from me? From me? Did you know mm-hmm. about all of this? Did 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 you know that Nine Nine knew about One for All mm-hmm. and like all this stuff? Like, why didn't you tell me I'm supposed to be your successor? I need to know this stuff. Yeah, stop keeping secrets from me, basically. And All Might's like, are you sure you want to know everything? And Deku's like, yeah. It's really ominous because All Might says, don't regret this. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't feel like it was something that would have helped Deku to know. Mm-hmm. It might have made his life a little harder. Yep. And so he didn't tell him and what he didn't tell him is that he he let nine eye be his sidekick for five or six years yeah something like that he we get a little background explainer for their relationship and he talked about how he normally doesn't take on sidekicks he's normally a solo show but you know bringing on night eye night eye was almost like the brains behind all might's brawn and as a result they were a really good team together yep. but all that completely fell apart when he got his injury in his stomach yeah, they had a disagreement on what to do after he got injured. Mm-hmm. And there's this great scene in the hospital. You see a recovery girl and Gran Torino who's injured. Mm-hmm. All Might is injured and like holding himself up against the wall. Night Eye is looking like his normal Night Eye self. And Night Eye is like, listen, like you are seriously injured. You've done enough. You need to retire and find a successor while you are like legendary. Yeah. And the principal is there, actually, as well. That's and he's right. like, you know, you can find a successor here at, over at the school where I teach. Like, you know, now is the perfect time for you to sort of step out of things. Uh, this is six years ago, by the way. So we know it didn't turn out quite like that because it took him so long to find Deku. And that's sort of the, your first indication that things aren't going to go quite like that. Yeah. Not is like, listen... You are going to hurt yourself. And All Might's like, listen, I could go find a successor, sure. And All for One's been dealt with, they think, Mm -hmm. at that point. But someone is going to rise up and take his place. Like, Mm -hmm. there will be another big, dangerous villain. And if I retire... There's no symbol of peace. There's no symbol of peace for how long. Like, people will be scared and Mm -hmm. they won't know what to do because I've stepped stepped out. Like, I need to get out there and be visible and continue to do my work while I look. For someone. And this does not go over well. No, Night Eye is really upset. Like he points out that, you know, All Might, you can't even smile anymore, which we know is a really important of All Might's persona. Basically, we learn that uh, Night Eye basically used his foresight abilities on All Might, but he didn't just look like an hour into the future like he did with Deku. He looked six or seven years into the future, so more or less to present day. And he said that, you know, you keep on pushing like this, eventually you're gonna get into a fight with a villain. And you're going to die a gruesome death. An unspeakably gruesome death. Which is ominous. Yes, very ominous. And he's like, if you keep doing hero work, I will not support you. Basically, I will not support you in your quest to die. I'm your fan. I'm your friend. I'm not going to do that. And All Might is really upset about this. You can tell he doesn't make a big fuss Mm -hmm. with Night Eye about it, but he's hurt. And we know that... He did continue to do hero work all this time. He didn't end up retiring until his fight with All All for for One. One. We go back to the present day after this little flashback. And we definitely see the sort of the other shoe drop with Deku. And how the signs had really been there all along for him. But he had never really put two and two together that All Might was going to die basically and we've picked up on this like we we've been we talked about this for season like when is all might gonna die is he gonna die here is he gonna die there but to deku all might is still this 
amazing hero that like he still has his hero worship relationship with him to a certain extent and he's also become yeah. dad might like and he's become like a father figure to him so it is absolutely devastating for him all my basically tells him i'm sorry i didn't tell you i didn't want you to know because you're a fan because you you love me in that way mm-hmm. and you idolize me i didn't want to let you down mm-hmm. and deku is not happy about this at all and i mean i think anytime you're told that a loved one is gonna pass away like yeah it's terrible there's this moment of just refusal like Mm -hmm. this isn't gonna happen like we're gonna find a way and deku is this super powerful character Mm -hmm. you know and if a villain's gonna kill him deku isn't gonna let that happen and all might is like listen night eye has never been wrong Mm mm-hmm like, that's, that's never happened. And, I mean, that was the implication that we talked about, like, an episode or two ago, that mm-hmm. his foresight is never wrong. We told you it was important. Yes. <laughs> but Deku says, back during the sports festival, you asked me to show the world that I am, I'm here. And I couldn't. I failed. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to watch me. Keep living and watch me until I can keep my promise. Mm-hmm. It's such an emotional moment. I'm getting emotional talking yeah. about it. And I think that one of the reasons why it's so emotional is because the bond between these two characters is so powerful. We even have a little mini flashback where we see All Might telling Night Eye that he has chosen Deku to be his successor. And Night Eye is just so aghast that he would choose this random quirkless middle schooler rather than... That he met one day. That he met one day rather than Miria, which if you admit, that does sound kind of crazy if you, if, you, if you put it that way. But All Might is clearly pleased with his decision and we get back sort of like to present day and all might tells deku that when he learned that he was going to die through um night eyes foresight that he pretty much resigned himself to his fate like he's like okay that's that's what i'm what's going to happen you know and it was supposed to happen in six or seven years six and seven years which is basically present day now but then something changed and that what changed was Deku. In, you know, training Deku and and forming this relationship with him, he began to want to live again. And now he really wants to twist fate, basically, as he says. He wants to twist fate and he wants to, he wants to live, um, which I think is a beautiful sentiment. And also, I remember watching this and being like, well, there goes all of my plans that my my theory crafty that I've been doing in my head, because to me, All Might dying was an inevitability. Deku's on, like, seemed like on about a very standard hero's journey. And in those journeys, the mentor, the mentor figure dies almost all the time. And so I feel like I'm always waiting for it. But then to see this moment where All Might's like, I'm going to twist fate. I'm like, well, maybe he can. Yeah, and Deku is like, we'll twist fate together. I will save you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very Deku thing to say. Yeah. Um, but they make this tentative agreement right mm-hmm. like where they bump fists yeah. and like they're gonna keep living for each other and mm-hmm. it's it's very sweet it's yeah. very family very good and then Deku's like I know what we can do we can have Night Eye read your future again and yeah then we'll... like, we, like even All Might mentions maybe I've already twisted fate because of like this new drive that he has in him like maybe he was supposed to die last season with All for, All for One, one. Like, maybe that was the gruesome death he was supposed to have. But because of this new drive in his life, he's already twisted fate. And he's already not going to die. But how do you know unless you talk to the guy that can see your future? Yeah, and he points out, he's like, you know, when I was fighting all for one, I thought that was it. Mm -hmm. Like, it had finally happened. But you were there. Mm -hmm. Like, you saved me by getting Bakugo out Mm -hmm. of that situation so that I could actually fight in earnest. There's an implication here that 
Deku is the thing that can or has save all might. Save all might. Um, which, which is, is beautiful. <laughs> I think it's so great. And I also think it's great then when Deku brings up, hey, maybe have Night Eye read your future again. All Might's still like, oh, but so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Also, All Might points out that his relationship with Night Eye got even worse after he lost his powers and mm-hmm. almost died against All for One because that's very close to the, the path that yeah. Night Eye saw him on and he can't face him, which seems... Like a big baby move on All Might's part. Come on, All Might. Be brave. Step it up. I think the recipe here for that discussion is largely that, yeah, All Might no longer has his powers and, Mm -hmm. like, he did all this stuff. But he's not unhappy with his choices Mm -hmm. either. He's made peace with them. And he sees, you know, the possibility that he still might have a future. And now... I don't know if he's going to die or not. (laughs) I think he still will at some point, just not for a while. Yeah. You wonder about these scenes sometimes, if they are trying to indicate that, yes, All Might is going to survive, or if you maybe think that they're going to give you false hope that All Might is going to survive, but he's still going to die. And then Deku will be devastated. I feel like, regardless, his injuries are going to kill him. Yeah, I don't see him living, you know, until he's... 102 but the question is when will it be but yeah that's the end of like i said probably my favorite scene of the season it's really powerful but it's not the end of the episode we have another post-credit scene so many post-credit scenes Mm -hmm. this season shigaraki comes to the office Mm -hmm. can you imagine the office with shigaraki yeah that sounds like a very very weird meeting and shigaraki comes in and he complains about i've been walking around in your maze of a building for 30 minutes this suspiciously large building. And he's basically there to uh, give Chisaki his answer. One of Chisaki's minions is like, did you mean what you said that you're going to like come work for us? Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends. Yep. And that's the episode! And that's the episode! Did you like the episode? Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I think it does a great job of once again establishing Overhaul as a big threat. The scene with him in the beginning was incredibly tense. And I feel like the emotional core of the episode with All Might and Deku is great. And probably a good thing, because I don't think you see too much of All Might, um, at least for the rest of the storyline. Yeah, he's kind of off screen for a bit. We're really... Doing all his jogging. We really get to see Deku do a lot of growing this arc, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be exciting to talk about. I also like this episode. I like the the tension setup. The tension of that initial scene is mm. so well it's so well done. done. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting knowing what's coming. Like, I'm really pumped about that. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped to talk to you guys about it. The All Might scene is a really great emotional scene. I think this episode really encapsulates how good Horikoshi is as, like, a writer from, mm-hmm. from a writing standpoint. That he can deliver both of those scenes so expertly, even mm-hmm. though their emotional spectrum is very yeah. far afield. Because we complained, actually, recently of, like, the the scene where Overhaul first met the League of Villains, that it felt like there was dissonance as a result of things being too, too emotionally different. But this is handled much better. Much, much better. And now we go nonstop. Nonstop. Get ready for that. Yep. We're going to figure out what Karishima's doing soon. Yep. And we're going to meet a bunch of adult characters. So many. So many. Who gets your plus ultra character of the week this week? Uh, I can only give it to All Might because he is choosing, you know, choosing to twist fate and to defy this potentially unbreakable, like, view of the future 
to me, that's like the definition of going beyond. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. I'm actually going to give it to Mario this week. Mm -hmm. He was calm under pressure mm -hmm. and managed to cover for Deku, who was not calm under pressure. Nope, he was freaking out a little bit. He managed to talk to a very powerful and dangerous villain and not arouse any suspicion, mm -hmm. which was incredible. Good job. Good job, Mirio. You you did great. And that's, that's pretty much the, the whole of the episode. Those are our awards for this week. If you want to talk to us about that wonderful high-tension scene at the beginning or that highly emotional scene at the end, you can do so over on Twitter. We are at One For All Cast. You can also find us there directly as well. Nancy and I do a ton of stuff. I am at Incidentally Anna. And Nancy is at... Watch Nancy Tweet. Additionally, if you love the show, we would love for you to leave us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. Your choice. Do it. Don't do it. But if you do, it really helps us out. Thank you to anyone and everyone who has reviewed thus far. Also, don't forget to check out Nancy's new book. Nancy's new book. Yes, please read. Uh, if you enjoy superhero fiction, which I'm assuming you do because you're listening to a podcast about a superhero TV show, please check out my series, the Red and Black series, which is all about a nerdy girl who becomes a superhero. It has four books now. Uh, the latest book, Past and Future, uh, definitely brings in a cool time travel element, and I had a lot of fun writing it. ta -da! Now, I want to take a moment to thank all of you for listening. For you. Yes, you at home. We do this show for you. I know I tell you every week, but you're great. We love you. Thank you so much. A uh, big thank you to Richard DeCosta for our opening and ending credits. Fantastic composer. If you're ever needing some music work, definitely reach out to him and look him up. Uh, and finally, a very special thank you to my co-host Nancy, who, through hoops and hurdles, sits down here uh, every week for us to record this show, despite travel and weather and all kinds of shenanigans. So thank you to you. Join us next time as we jump into Season 4, Episode 4, Let's Go, Gutsy Red Riot. We'll see you then. See you then.